This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Will the Yankees send Gordon on vacation with a smile on his face? And thank God there's football to make me forget about the Mets. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join us on this Thursday night edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Along with JP and Jake the Snake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling, my man? Like I said, thank God I'm watching Steelers <laughs> Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, yeah. Gordon? <laughs> yeah, a little NFL preseason football, oh. a little Hall of Fame game to take oh, your mind off things, right? Thank God for football tonight, Gordon. Gordon, the Mets left 15 runners on oh base today, God. Gordon. Larry. Gordon, I Miami mean, tried to give them the game, and they wouldn't take it. It's a, it, it was almost like a microcosm of the season because for so long it felt like the division, it was being handed to them on a silver platter. They had one hot stretch in May, and that was pretty much it. They'd been basically a 500 team the entire time, but you felt good about it because it was hard to really envision the Phillies, and I still don't believe in the Phillies. I don't care how many they've won in a row. I still don't believe in the Phillies. Uh, the Braves, as I've mentioned a thousand times, have never been over 500 this entire season. We'll see if they uh, get a win tonight, 2-2, as they play in the sixth against the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, that game today, I mean, it was like they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And you thought eventually they, I mean, at some point, somebody's got to get a hit and they did not, not, not the big hit anyway. No. And Gordon, the soft toss and lefty Rich Hill pitched great. You know, the pitching has not been the problem. You know, really it's been, it's been the offense. The offense has been, it, it was always kind of bad. Somehow it's gotten worse. I mean, I didn't think it was possible. It's awful right now. They, oh, they, and, it's bad. And you can just see, Gordon, there's sawdust in the batting Oh, gloves of course. Because I mean, they're grinding they so be, hard. Right? <laughs> grinding so hard. It's unbelievable. It's really frustrating. But listen, as Michael Conforto said, we have to put this behind us, flush it away, and get ready for Philly. And Philly is as hot as can be right now and are sitting in there just waiting for this Met team to come limping into uh, the city of brotherly love this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean that might be the best thing you got going for you is the Phillies are so schizophrenic like all the teams in the National League East. Maybe the fact that they've played this well to get to this point is the best sign that that won't continue, although it's kind of hard to feel that way with the way the Mets are playing right now. To me – this is not about the Phillies, and this is not about the Braves. This is about the Mets. Yep. Um, I mean, you. I mean, you cannot be losing three or four to a Marlins team that were active sellers at the trade deadline, and we're not throwing. I mean, who was the guy today? Brad Garrett from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I mean, the guy Garrett <laughs> was pitching today. I, I. I don't know that I know him all that much. I'm sure I've probably seen him someplace before, but. I mean, it wasn't like they were throwing their best at you. I mean, they, they've kind of cashed in on the season, and rightfully so. I mean, they traded some pieces off at the trade deadline. But, mm -hmm. yeah, this is – this is I mean, this is DEFCON 5 right now. I mean, this is as bad as it can get. And you have to hope that this is bottom. I think in terms of a singular – well, maybe I shouldn't say this. But in terms of a singular individual game, the fact that you went – you left 15 men on base – um, mm -hmm. and you went, what was it, 4 for 13 or 4, four for, for 13. 14? 4 for 13, runners yeah. in scoring. I mean, you had guys – it seemed like you had guys on every single inning. Yeah. And could not get the big hit. You scored two runs against the Marlins. I feel like that this is the – in terms of an individual game, this is the low point. But okay. <laughs> the way things are going, maybe I shouldn't say that. And listen, listen, they gave you one run. You only scored one run. Yeah. <laughs> they gave you a run. And this is – how bad are the Marlins defensively? They well, they're not a good brutal. team, right? Yeah, no. I mean, they're not a good team, and they got rid of some, you know, they got rid of Marte, they got rid of this guy and that guy. So, yeah, I mean, they, um, they're not a good team. Uh, and, and that's a team that uh, when the Yankees went in there, uh, 
they swept them, and that was what you're supposed to do. Yes. You kind of thought, you know, all right, maybe Mets, you know, it's four games. Maybe you take three or four. I didn't think that they were going to lose three or four. That, I didn't that to me, is inex- inex- un- unacceptable, completely unacceptable. It is. It is. And, and remember, they, they won a game after Rojas had a closed-door meeting. So if he yeah. didn't have the closed-door meeting, they could have got swept. Yeah, those, those closed-door meetings, they don't – not a big fan, no. I Not mean, a big I, fan. All that tells you is, is that's almost a signal. You know what? We really got problems because they're holding the meeting. It's, it's, especially when the manager calls it. Okay, when the players call it, it's a little different because they know what's going on and they are seeing some things. But when and they ask the you know coaches or managers to be out, when the manager calls it, it's like, oh, you know. Not good, Gordon. Not good. 1-800-919-3776. Before we talk Yankees, we got some folks that want to talk the Mets struggles. Let's go to Jacob in the car. Jacob, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Jake. Hey, Jacob. Hey, before I say anything, uh, Larry, I love you, man. Um, you're a great guy. Soothing voice. Gordon as well. I used to work uh, early mornings and uh, you at 5 a.m. before uh, CCR. Love you, man. Um, but at the same time, with the Mets, you know, baseball is 162-day game season. Um, obviously, there's struggles there. But at the same time, you can see the talent, you know. So, with the New York, everyone, you know, every win or loss, they're kind of – they're very big scale. It's either after the loss, it's all down, and after the win, it's all big. So, I just want to let you know, like, you believe in the actual talent of the Mets. Like, their division stinks, and I just want to you know, do you actually believe they can win the, uh, the division, or is it just like, is it all sports off? Because I know no, New tell York, you this, man, Jacob, like, Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and thanks for the kind words. I would have more faith if, A, I had somebody in this offense that was clicking at this moment. If I had one guy that could carry the team at this moment, I would feel better. Because really, considering that you've got no DeGrom, considering the the, situa- the pitching situation the way it is, I mean, they're in games. It's not that they're being blown out of these games. The pitching is held together. It's the fact that they're not hitting. So, Gordon, that's the most frustrating thing for me. If I could get one or two guys to just hit in a key situation, I think they could mirror- They would have at least won three out of four against the Marlins if one or two guys hit. Just one or two. Yeah, and it's guys that, you know, do have a track record. Uh, it's not like that the, they are, you know, you're relying on rookies who had a hot season or you're relying on a role player who's just kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, Conforto, McNeil, uh, Alonzo hasn't been bad, but, um, you know, Dom Smith is another guy who's got a bit of a track record. Um, but, it, yeah, the, the offense is just – and it's been such a long time – I mean, I was adamant that I do not believe in the other teams. But what this has shown me is I don't really believe in the Mets. It's just that they happened to be the team that was in front of the division, and I couldn't foresee those other teams coming up and catching them. I didn't think the Mets would ever play this poorly, that, that the Mets kind of came down to those other teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so do I believe in the Mets? No, not really, but... I will say that I don't think that they have any more flaws than the other team. The other teams have flaws just as much. Um, And I would like to think that at some point there's going to be a course correction. But, I mean, as we get deeper into August, some years it just never clicks. And you have to wonder, maybe maybe for Conforto and for McNeil and and, uh, McCann, uh, I mean, it's just maybe it's just never going to click. You, oh, you almost need the Grom back just for the bat in the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have to play him every day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just hit? Is that is that a possibility? We don't need you to pitch. Just hit. God, if there was a universal DH, he'd be playing every day. Yeah. He would be playing every day. Sam's in San Antonio. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, gentlemen? Good evening. I hope you have a good night, guys. Uh, Larry, so um, – I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm taking uh, blame for for the Mets debacle here, and uh, allow me just a moment to explain. So I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a timeline. And I'm one that never trash talks on anybody. That being said, uh, I'm one of very few Mets fans amongst all of my friends, and they're majority Yankee fans. So this one year, uh, I started saying to them, I'm really enjoying uh, trouble in Yankee Land. No offense against you, uh, 
Uh, um, right. Gordon, because you. you know I get it all the time from the Yankee yeah, fans. But no, nonetheless, that being said, the last time you and I spoke was maybe about two, three weeks before the All Star break. So going into the All Star break, I was so happy. Even though uh, I I agree that it was a fugazi first place team because the rest of the division stinks. You we spoke about how bad the offense is, blah 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 blah. But we had the Grom. Now going into the any playoff season, a series with him. Totally confident, but now he's gone and now the rest is unfolding. And so going into the All-Star break, that was my conversation with everybody. Literally the day after the break was over, DeGrom is out. And you know what that means when the Mets say someone's out. We're not seeing him until 2023. Just get the surgery done now so he doesn't miss all of next year. You know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Just everybody that's just not – everybody that's not wearing something with a Mets tag on it knows that's what's going to happen. So thank you, Larry and gentlemen uh, and Gordon for listening. Uh, I'm going to go jump off a bridge now. All right, brother? No, 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 Sam. No, no, no. no. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the Phillies, I mean, can't you just see the Phillies coming in here riding high and into this series riding high and then all of a sudden, I mean, their bullpen is as terrible as any bullpen there is. I mean, you know, I I get it. If you're a Met fan, you don't feel good, and and partly it's because you're not very good. I mean, June, July, and August – I think they're now, as a team, they're three games under 500. I mean, that's a bulk of the season. That's yeah. most of the season. You had a good stretch in May, and outside of that, you've just kind of been floundering around 500. Now, the good news is you didn't have to do a whole lot more than that, but now you've got to do a whole lot more than that. But that's, I mean, I guess that's the saving grace. Is as bad as everything is, as much as it feels like everything's collapsing around you, you are still up in the division. And now you just have, now it's, you've blown the lead, but you haven't fallen behind yet. Mm-hmm. So if you can get it going, you could build that lead up pretty quickly this weekend. So is this your attempt at a pep talk? I, I'm looking at – I'm trying to find <laughs> the silver linings, Larry. I'm trying to find the silver linings. They're not a lot. And, There's and not a fate. lot. Yeah, you there almost have to kind of – remember those 3D images they used to sell in the yes. mall where you had to kind of blur your eyes to see? <laughs> That's the way I'm looking for the, the, the silver linings right now. So, in other words, what you're telling me is that the Mets have a shot because Philly is not going to continue to play as well as, well as they've been playing. And here's, but here's the interesting thing, Gordon, and this is what is going to come back. And Buster only talked to Michael Kay about this yesterday on the Michael Kay show. They made major, not major, but they made substantive additions to their roster. Okay, Phillies did. Yeah. Atlanta did. Yeah. That and, was a big miss. And the Mets didn't. Okay? Yeah. That and that's where it's that's what you're starting to see. Now, listen, I don't think they need to do anything offensively either. I want it, you know, they got Javi Baez. And today Baez did the <laughs> platinum sombrero. Platinum sombrero. Not yeah. not golden sombrero. No. Not, not for five First strikeouts. Met to do that since ninety oh. three. And and most of those were with runners on base. Oh, of course. Well, you had a ton of guys on base all day long. Just a just a hit, yeah, just, just a one. hit, just one hit would have changed the whole thing. Because when you're a bad team and the, and the, you know and they, you see a team come back, you fold up and quit. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yep. But not today. We've been doing it all year. There's ups and downs in these seasons. You know, we flush it when we lose. You know, obviously this this wasn't the way that we wanted this series to go into the clubhouse. Uh, we flush it. We're going to be upset about it for a little bit, but we we get on the plane, we go to Philly. It's out of our minds, and we're and we're ready to go when we get there. Michael Conforto, weighing in on how the team moves on from being <laughs> losing a series to the Marlins, three one. It's ESPN in New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, Hardesty and Damer until midnight. Gordon, before we hear more from Conforto, I just want to say, uh, Chapman's trying to make this more interesting than it should be. I was just going to say, Larry, if he blows this, I'm going to lose my mind up in here, <laughs> up in here, because this has been a little bit more uh, drama than I would have liked. You know, we got all the stories written, Joey Gallows, the yep. hero, you know, come mm-hmm. on, let's, let's move on already. Yeah, really, really. Speaking of moving on, that's what Michael Conforto and the Mets hope to do and as they weigh in, prepare for this important series against the Phillies this weekend. It's another opportunity to show up with the intent 
and the attitude to win every single game uh, that we step on the field. Obviously, we can, you know, we can all see where we stand. It's always a big series against Philly. It's always, you know, going to be a dogfight anytime we're playing anybody in our division. Like I said, we're moving on from, from this series and we're showing up ready to go in Philly. The Marlins shouldn't be a dogfight in the division, though. <laughs> I know what you're no. saying in theory. Not the Marlins. <laughs> Not supposed to be. If you're if you're in a dog fight with the Marlins, you need a better dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Buster Olney was on the Michael K show yesterday, and Michael asked him, "Does he have any concern for the Mets?" Yeah, I think the National League East is completely wide open now, given the gap between them and the Phillies and the Braves. You know, a game and a half over Philadelphia, two and a half over Atlanta. Watching Taiwan Walker last night, he doesn't look anything like he did in the first half of the season. And I know, you know, Jacob deGrom spoke with confidence. His words reflected confidence that he's going to be able to come back and pitch. I don't know how anyone could possibly know what he's going to give them for the rest of the year, given all the setbacks they've had. We've heard in the past where, yeah, we just need a little... you know, time off or this stint on the IL or we need to do this. And in each case this year, he's broken down. So as you sit here with the Mets and you look at where they are, and then you look at the Phillies who went out and upgraded their rotation before the deadline, you know, getting Kyle Gibson. You look at the, the Braves while they, they're playing without Ronald Acuna Jr. They added outfielders. They've got Travis Darno coming back in the middle of this month. They've got Oscar Noah uh, coming back in the middle of this month. I think this they could absolutely be run down by the Braves or the Phillies. And finally, Gordon, Buster only on, why didn't the Mets get a pitcher? First off, as you know, the starting pitching market was relatively mediocre, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jose Barrios was out there. He wound up getting traded to the Blue Jays. Uh, he was probably the best available guy. Kyle Gibson was probably the second best available guy. It wasn't a class, uh, you know, that overwhelmed you. Max Scherzer sort of developed late. We know that Max wasn't going to accept a deal to the Mets. Um, I will tell you this, that from what I understand, and I've heard this from a couple sources now, the Mets were working on a lot of different things um, that were more aggressive than what they wound up with. They got word about Jacob deGrom uh, that you know, he was going to be out for an extended period of time, and they, the Mets basically backed off some of those conversations they were having. You know, maybe there was a feeling of, boy, if we don't know what's going to happen with deGrom, we don't want to pour a bunch of assets down the, you know, the hole of 2021, but they actually backed off some conversations. I wish I could tell you exactly what those were for, but I've heard that from a couple of different sources. So, Gordon, that translates to me that DeGrom may be worse than what they're letting on. And what Sam just said from San Antonio about he's not going to pitch next year, forget about we'll see him in 2023. Gordon, you may have to talk me off the ledge. It's at least a possibility, right? I mean, Buster, I don't know. I guess he didn't say it with Kay, but I know uh, when he was on with KJZ, was it yesterday? Was it mm-hmm. Tuesday? Whenever he was on with them, he mm-hmm. said that, you know, not that he knows anything about the, the medical situation, but the normal shelf life for Tommy John is about seven years. DeGrom had his, I think it was 10 or 11 years ago now. I think it's 11, yeah. Yeah, so um, – you know, with the amount of ailments that he's had, and, and I just, you know, you know as well, right? Like, if there's a pitcher who keeps having these things and nothing shows up and they keep checking and nothing shows up, eventually something's going to show up, and it's usually something really bad. So I hope that that's not the case. I hope he is back in September because the Mets obviously need him, and, and he's a great talent, a great thing for the game. But with the way the season's going right now and the way the Grom season is kind of gone, it felt like it's like the horror movie where you keep mm-hmm. getting the warnings and you keep getting the warnings and you keep getting the warnings, you keep ignoring them. And now that he's on the IL, whatever it took to get him on the IL, you know it's probably something pretty bad. So that August 13th date when he gets his next MRI, boy, that is a day. If you say a, a rosary or a novena, whatever you say, say it that day if you're a Met fan. Yeah, absolutely. And see, the scary thing is, because here's what you're thinking, Gordon. Logically, if, okay, he's out, we're expecting him back, well, then let's go for the big acquisition so we can make sure we power through to get what we need to do to win this thing now. But for, for him to say they pulled back because of what was going on with DeGrom, Absolutely. That, that doesn't sound good. It just doesn't. Logically, it doesn't. It doesn't. It sounds like they're thinking he's not coming back, so we're not going to win anyway. There's no deal out there that's going to get us something close to what Jacob DeGrom is. 
And if we're missing him for the rest of the season, we're already cooked. Fran's in Massapequa. Fran, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Fran. What's up, Fran? Batman, the Batman and Robin of radio. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and either one of you can be Batman and either one of you I can be Robin. That's so it. don't feel bad. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Thanks, Fran. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. You do a great job. Appreciate you. What you got for us? I just uh, I just wanted to call up and just rip the Mets. Not not so much the owner. I give the owner so far. I give him a. I would say an, an, not an F, but like an E minus. And 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 the players, A minus. So dis- what? Did you say an A minus? No E E E. Oh, an E minus. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's just done a terrible job yes. with his Twitter. With, with just, I, I just, I don't like the guy at all. Nothing about him do I like. He swallowed his money and all this nonsense. And look at where we're at. We got a bunch of, we got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of, uh, what do you want to call it? Old coats on the rack. It's, it's just horrible. It's horrible, the whole situation. But I want to get on the players. Okay. Because the players are absolutely a bunch of jokes. These guys, there's, there's millions of American baseball players, guys that don't make it to the pros. And here these guys, they got they got a chance in the big leagues, a lot of these Mets players, and they stink. I mean, they are just, they stink. What was it, 45 guys left on base in this four-game series? I mean, they are just absolutely atrocious. From McCann to Conforto to Smith to friggin' every one of them. We pick up guys like Malaw. You know, Pilar, whatever his name is, who broke his nose, Pilar. I'm just sick and tired of the retreads. Look at the, you know, I'm just sick and tired of it. And, you know, like like, like the guy who answered the phone made a great point. It ain't going to change. It's the Mets. And it's so true. I'm 57 years old, and it doesn't matter. All the Mets do is put lipstick on a pig, and they make it a little, they make it look a little prettier. We got 1986, 1969, and that's it. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be damned if they ever win another World Series again. They're running like a Mickey Mouse operation, and oh. I just, I can't stand. I'm, I'm sick. I'll never, you know, change my colors, but I'm sick and tired of the whole thing. I you really are, am. Football you you are very at a better time. You Thank are you very. I hear you, friend. Putting up with me. You got it. Thanks for the phone call, and I hear your frustration. I do. I'm not ready to give Steve um, uh, Cohen. Cohen, thank you, Gordon. I'm so frustrated with the Mets right now. I can't even think <laughs> I, of look, people's names. Trust me, you know I've been there. <laughs> oh, trust me, this year. Oh God, uh, I'm not ready to give Steve Cohen an E minus. Uh, I think he's trying to put his best foot forward with with some of the deals here, but it's just that what your frustration is, Gordon. Nobody's hitting. You know, no. every once in a while you get a situation. Okay, Stanton doesn't hit, but there's other people at least making contact hitting. I mean, you look. I mean, look at this. You're looking at this lineup. I mean, Alonzo was hitting, okay. Dom Smith has been hitting Gordon, but he hasn't been hit. He's been hitting singles almost, not not really going deep, not home runs, no but power. maybe single, maybe yeah. a double. That's it. And what you what you've seen here is when they make contact, for the most part, of course, the exceptions, it's been singles, and not with runners on base. So I, you know, I just don't know what to say. And could, should I should I jump on the bullpen? How can I jump on the bullpen going? They gave up four runs. They, you you yeah, should I be mean, able to score more than four runs in the game. There's going to be games where the bullpen is going to blow it, and today was obviously one of them. But, again, four runs against the Marlins. You should be able to score five runs against the Marlins. Easy. They stink. <laughs> they, they do right now. There's no question about it. It One is glaring, yeah, though. Go ahead, Gordon. I'm sorry. It is no, glaring, though, the, the lack of power with the Mets this year. Uh, because Alonzo is the only guy, uh, in terms of slugging, who is anywhere near you know 500 or 450. Um, McNeil has not – not that he had – you know, not that he's a home run hitter, but he has hit home runs in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Nimmo doesn't really show any power. Conforto's power has been absolutely gone. And you mentioned it, Dom Smith even. No power at all. Not a lot of, not a lot of home runs. Not a lot of extra base hits. So yeah, that has to be very frustrating right now. It is. It, it the, the Mets have hit. What am I looking here, Gordon? The Mets have hit 115 home runs. Yeah, that's not a lot. Alonzo's got 24. Right. Dom Smith 11. Lindor 11. 
VR 11, Pilar 9. Conforto's got six. <laughs> you know. He's got six home runs. He has as many as McNeil. And, and McNeil's not a home run hitter. No. You know, I mean, um, you know, Billy McKinney's got five. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, you know, what, what are we doing here? 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, breathe easy. Take a deep yes. breath. Yes. You win a game. And finally, the other, the other acquisition has a big night. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hardesty and Damer, together on the Thursday, we call it ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, Joey Gallo, big home run. Big home run. Yeah, just just one you needed it, right? I mean, he's kind of flown under the radar because Rizzo's been just so fantastic, but that was the other big acquisition, and he has not really done a whole lot. Now, he's not a guy that hits for a high average. He's got on base some. He's, he's made a nice play in the field. But, yeah, you, you were expecting that, that power to show up, and I don't know that it was necessarily a tape measure shot tonight, but, boy, oh, boy, did that come in a handy spot because, you know, you, you take care of the – the Marlins, and you beat the Orioles in a series. But, you know, you got to show that this is not just a, a product of beating the worst teams that there are. You want to beat every team here, and, and the Mariners are a team that you, you got to be able to win this series. So huge home run for him. Good to see him get off here uh, and finally, you know, have a big contribution to the team. And uh, it certainly was big. You needed that, boy. And let's face it, you, Boston's reeling right now, Gordon. You, you, you need to be smelling some shark blood there. And and win some games and see what you can do to cut into that deficit and just stack your wins. And besides, you're due to be playing good baseball right now. You've been floundering all season. It's time for you with the acquisitions you have. Cashman did a decent job. I mean, what can you say? He went out. He got you some left-handed bats. Let's put some – string some wins together over the next couple of weeks. Clearly, during this stretch of games that you have, you should be able to win series here. Every series. Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. off to a good start by sweeping the Marlins. You took the series against Baltimore. Let, let's see if you can sweep or at least take the series against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're suddenly three games back of the Red Sox. I it's mean, unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, and, again, part of that is the Yankees are playing well, but another part of it is, as you mentioned, Red Sox uh, have really kind of hit the skids here. Um, now, maybe they will get this kind of straightened out at some point, but in the meantime – I still think that for the focus me, when I, when I go like scoreboard watching, I'm looking at the West Coast game. I'm looking at the A's. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the teams that I'm battling in the wild card race. Sure. But in the meantime, you know, you just keep handling your business. Thing, if you can get on a roll and get to where you're supposed to be, there will probably be an avenue for you to make the playoffs. You know, I think the wild card is the Blue Jays, the A's. But if it's not one of those spots, you know. Stranger things have happened with the Red Sox blowing big leads and the Yankees catching them. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. And the other positive that you like from tonight is, uh, you know what? This team has found some resiliency, Gordon. Uh, you know, you, you lose Cole to COVID. You lost Judge and Ursella to COVID, a bunch of other folks. Now you have Gary Sanchez with, with the under the COVID protocol. I mean, you've lost key guys. And you still found ways to win. You still found ways to stay afloat. And that's something because, to be honest, this team has showed a glass chin in a lot of spaces during the season. A lot of times, right? I mean, that's what we've said the, over the – everybody has their own way of saying it, but it's like every time that you start believing in them, they do something to make sure you don't believe in them. So um, the fact that these the, – the, it is strange to me how they're the one – Maybe I'm just not following. Maybe there are other teams that are dealing with this. It seems like the Yankees are the only team that keeps losing guys because of COVID. Yeah. And they said that, that the team is, what, 90%? I know you can still get it even though – but it seems strange that they're the one – it's not like the breakthrough cases should be this prevalent. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very, very odd. So hopefully, you know, Gary Sanchez apparently wasn't feeling that well, so – I don't know that he's vaccinated or not. Hopefully he is, and hopefully he's back here before too long. Same thing with Cole and, and same thing with the other guys, but um, it does seem strange. I mean, every time you think, all right, they're past it now, 
Yeah. It's like a couple of weeks later. You know, it'd be one thing if it if it swept through the team, and it did mm-hmm. already sweep through the team. Yeah, sure. But now it's like every couple of weeks. You know, Phil Nevin had it for a stretch, and, and every time you think, all right, we're past that now, they're not past it. They keep getting it. It's very, very, very odd. It is. It is. And, you know, the other thing as a Met fan where I'm a little concerned is the fact that, okay, the Yankees just left yes. Miami. Mm-hmm. All right? The Mets are in Miami. Mattingly – is under the yep. COVID protocol. Yep. So I'm what you know what and Miami right now the numbers are just going off the roof. Uh so I'm a little concerned now from a Mets standpoint that you know as bad as we're playing the the last thing we need is to lose some more players. Yeah, no, that's the la- I mean, could you imagine? Um I don't know what the the Yankees were doing when they were down in Miami, were they going out? Were they going out to dinner? I, I don't know. I, I would think that if you're a team and you're seeing this go on, I don't know that they have the power to make sure guys stay in their hotel, but if you're a team that has playoff hopes and you know you, you don't want to be losing any guys, it's almost like you have to kind of tell them, don't go out yeah. if you're in Miami because there's a good chance that you will be impacted. You know, it's scary, but when you think about it, that's what got them through last season, right? Was the fact that you you went from this, you got right. on the bus, mm-hmm. you got off the bus, you went to the stadium, you went back to your hotel room, and that was it. And, you know, we, we're looking at some situations where, you know, Gordon, we may have to, in some isolated situations, have to re- reinstate that somewhere, the way things are going. Because how do we know as we get towards the colder weather, okay, and mm-hmm. championships, World Series, the last thing you want is, is for a major player to be lost because of COVID, yeah, and the way things are right now, obviously the Marlins are not going to be in the playoffs, but the Rays are. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I realize that Tampa's nightlife is probably not quite the same as Miami's <laughs> nightlife, but why take that chance, right? I mean, if, yeah. if you get to a playoff series uh, against the Rays, you might have to tell your, your players, guys, you know what, order room service because yeah. we can't take that chance. Absolutely. You might. Concerns for the Yankees tonight, though, Gordon. Um Concerns about Chad Green. Gave up the home run again. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought that it seemed as though, and I, I don't know why I heard it, otherwise I would give them credit, but somebody said that he looks as though he is more relaxed, not in the late inning situation, but more like sixth, seventh um, of late. And so to give up that, that home run tonight, solo shot, listen, nobody's on base. It doesn't kill you. You know, it gave them the lead, but, you know, it's a mistake. You'd rather it be a solo shot than with men on base if you have to give up the home run. But his stuff is too good, Gordon, to be to be struggling the way he has recently. Yeah, I mean, it was a first-row home run, you know, Yankee Stadium. I think that Michael mm-hmm. said on the broadcast it wouldn't have been a home run anywhere else. It seemed like it made sense because it didn't seem like it went, you know, it wasn't 10 rows deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I'm worried about more, and I know that he's actually been able to find his way out of these situations, is Zach Britton. Because it feels yeah. like every time Zach Britton comes in, there's a couple of guys on, and, and, and look, this is his forte, is to get the double play. At some point, you're not going to get the double play mm-hmm. every single time. I mean, again, tonight in the one inning, he gave up a couple of hits. Uh, he did get a strikeout, and he got a huge double play, but he's not been a guy that has, has looked right so far to me yeah. uh, with all the time that he has missed. So he's been fortunate. He's danced between the raindrops, but uh, at some point – and Chapman, too. I yeah. mean, he, he certainly made it interesting. That, that shot that Hanniger hit in the ninth inning, off the bat, I thought, uh-oh, that's gone. Uh, and maybe it's just the, the, scar, the emotional scars from earlier this season. <laughs> he didn't miss it yeah. by much. No, he didn't. He didn't miss it by much. And if, he had, if it had been reversed, left field would have been in right field. That would have been about 10 rows deep. So, uh, yeah, the Yankee bullpen still has its issues. Um, but you're hoping that now some of the guys in the offense might be able to carry you for a little while. Gallo had three hits tonight. Stanton had a couple of hits tonight. Um, I think even Odor had a couple. My guy, Rugi, uh, he had a couple of hits tonight. So we'll have to. You're going to have to get through here without Sanchez for probably the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hope that this offense, the one guy who didn't get a hit tonight was Rizzo. He took yeah. the night off. So yeah. he's, he's entitled. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> there's enough entitled. guys in this line between LeMahieu, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, Gallo. There's enough offense that you should be able to score five, six runs. Absolutely. And they have not been able to do that so far this year, but it does feel like the trades have have certainly paid immediate dividends. 
and uh, you're just kind of hoping that they keep doing it because you got to keep rolling. And as far as the bullpen is concerned, listen, yeah, it's not the perfect, it's not perfection, but but at least they were able to survive it. So, you know, now they just have to go back, do their video work, Gordon, find out, Britton's got to find out what's missing. It's either his, it's either how he's gripping the ball, maybe there's something technical, you know, David Cohn, if David Cohn was working the broadcast, he would tell us exactly <laughs> what's going on with Britton. You know what, how good has Nestor Cortez been? He's been fabulous. I mean, he has been, been unbelievable. I mean, stepping in tonight, Five innings. I mean, it wasn't a long outing, but five innings, two runs. He gets you through, and he's pitching to an ERA of two. He's been fantastic so far for them. And with the losses that they've had to, to Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, he's your, he's your ace at the moment, baby. And he, he got the job done again. He's been fantastic. He's been your Tyler McGill. He's been he the has. guy that's put up the zeros. He's been the guy that's gone out there. He's been your ace. He, he really he's, has. He's, he's, he's done a nice job. He's been, I mean, I, I don't think that uh, I was expecting a whole lot out of him. I've gotten more than I ever expected. That's for sure. And I like his, you know, fools around with the motion a little bit, keeps you off right. balance. I like I like that. You, I like need, that. you need guys. like You know, the baseball season's so long. You're around these guys every single day, mm-hmm. basically the whole day. I mean, they get to the ballpark so early. They're at the ballpark late. You need guys. You know, you need some fun guys. So it seems like Odor's one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, certainly um, – and Esther Cortez is one of those guys. Yeah, every clubhouse needs him. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Got to have him. Got to have him. It's ESPN New York tonight. On 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, the Yankees... 10 games over 500. It's been a while. It has been a long time. I, I didn't know necessarily that they were going to get back to it with the way that this season has gone. But, yeah, no, it's, 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 it, this is what it's needed, right? I mean, it's been about a month since, <laughs> since Aaron Boone said it's, cri- it's crisis time or yeah. whatever term he used back then. So better late than never. Yeah, and what's this? I say twenty. What's you got? Twenty three come from behind wins right now, something like that. That's yeah. I I know that they they. I guess they they look at it if you're ever behind at all in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that really says. I mean, they they've come big. I will say this: usually, you take a look at a team's run differential, and that kind of tells you what kind of team they are. If they're sure. break even, they should be a break even team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yankees are not much over break even, and now ten games over five hundred. So that's I'm not going to say I'm I'm going to give Aaron Boone the credit for it, but um, maybe he deserves a little credit for it. I mean, they are starting to find some ways to win games, so hopefully this continues. Is it? Wouldn't it be weird if? Winning those games with all the players that you had out by having to hit and run and steal bases is an impetus that really got you through those games where you didn't have all your players. And now once the players get back, you kind of, with the acquisitions, you kind of build a little bit on that and put some wins together. Well, I, I don't think so because the guys they went out and got at the trade deadline, they just doubled down on the, on the yeah. old philosophy, right? I mean, Joey Gallo is – is the uh, that that's the Yankee type? Uh, he hits a lot of home runs. He gets on base. Doesn't hit for a high average. He's not gonna. I mean, he's got some athleticism. He can run some, but uh, he's not exactly a guy who's gonna be playing any small ball and hit and run. But um, they got the three run home run tonight. That that's what the Yankees need to do. That that's the way they're built. Unfortunately, they're never the way they're built. They're never gonna be a, a small ball team the way that I think a lot of fans want them to be. The problem is they have not hit enough home runs. It's not that they – it would be one thing if you could say, well, you know, they're hitting home runs, but the the, the other team is being able to shut them down outside of some solo home, solo home runs. They've not hit enough home runs this year, uh, and that's their, that's their thing. Whether or not that translates in the playoffs, we'll have to see because they have not been able to score consistently in the playoffs over the last few years. But at this point, you'd like that chance. Yeah, <laughs> You'd like to be able to get there and give it another go. No, I agree with you, too, about what you're saying. My, what I was really trying to say, Gordon, was that you were able to play that type of ball to get wins, to yeah. hold you in place until you made the moves and could go back to your regular style of play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you got to do with what – you know, that's the thing. When when you have the, the guys out that they had, you have to kind of adapt your talent 
to to what you got. So they did that for that short period of time. Hopefully, this is the end of them losing players. But yeah, really, you know, with the news of Sanchez today, you're thinking, you know, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who said it. Like, oh, there might be another COVID situation with the Yankees. I'm trying oh. to go. Th- I'm going through it. I'm saying, who's left? <laughs> it feels yeah. like they've lost everybody at yeah. one point to this thing. And then, of course, it was Sanchez. So it's true. Charlie's in Elmhurst. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Charlie? Hey, Larry and Gordon. Uh, good evening. Hey, Charlie. Not, Charlie. So uh, it's been chaotic uh, and messed up with this with the Yankees lately with the, all the stuff that's going on, protocol, Marshall, the IL, you know, you know, the virus protocol. Don't get me started with that. And starting pitching is really, really thing. The fact that that Tuesday night Hill made him out, you got to make, you got to get that guy a start, another start, and probably could be, you know, find out what you have in. Probably the keeper, but yeah, I'm going to tell you, I see Seattle. I mean, I, that team is overrated. I don't know how that team is, what, what, six, seven games over 500, whatever, coming in, whatever. Uh, uh, that team, uh, if the, if the Yankees are, uh, should be better than this team, I mean, if, I mean, the fact that it's nice to take the first game, uh, this is a miss of an easy portion of the schedule, so they gotta like, you know, I mean, get wins uh, as much as possible. And while this like pitching, uh, starting pitching thing, uh, the offense gotta score. I mean, they gotta score. Uh, especially with Rizzo, it's my guy, and love that addition. Especially defensively, do you think on that ninth inning that school Blue Boy made that play? No, nope. no, and uh, and no way, no way. And yeah, yeah, nice to see Yao hit one out of here, give give the team the lead. Nice to see that. I think the offense got to step up. I know. I'm about what? What is that whole season long? This team has like offensively, they have um, really. Um, just really disappointed you, but it's time to step up from everybody, everybody. And right now, the you know, I, I, right now this team has to get to the uh, playoff position before we talk about you know other stuff. So get me to the playoff position, and let's see how it goes. And just well, at least at least take the series this weekend. Well, here's the thing, Charlie, and thanks for the phone call, Gordon. For me, you go back, and before the Gallo home run. Really good at bats from uh, Judge, Judge and Stanton. Yep, absolutely. battled some pitches, got made some contact, got on base, and you know I was hearing all the stats that uh, Michael was giving out about Paul Seawald. I didn't know who that was. The guy that gave up the runs, the three-run homer, that's the Paul Seawald I remember with Mets. <laughs> I don't know who, <laughs> right. how good he was before that. Yeah. I don't know who that guy was, but this is the guy that I saw with the right. Mets. Yeah, that, that 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 name. All of a sudden, oh, that guy, right? Yeah, that guy. All of a sudden, rings a bell. Yeah, but but I thought for for two guys who have struggled, especially Stanton, uh, for them to get the hits in that spot, Gordon is key because you know Seawall had been pitching well coming into the series. He has. Uh, he has had a very very strong season. But uh, look, it was and it wasn't like he gave up a bomb. Mm-mm. I mean, he gave up one that, I, what did he get, like three rows? I, I, at first, you know, they showed it at a really weird angle, and I feel like it kind of maybe even fooled Michael to a certain extent because it kind of seemed like it was going down the line, or it didn't look like it was, you know, it wasn't a typical what you would think of as a Joey Gallo blast. So I thought it was going to go foul at first. So, uh, it, look, it got out, didn't get out by a whole lot, but that's the beauty of Yankee Stadium. Listen, he thought it was going foul, too. You see him running down first base, leaning in, like, come on, yeah. baby, come on, yeah. stay fair, stay fair. We need it. I need it. <laughs> I needed it. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Hour number two, Thursday night edition. Damon Hardesty with you till midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz. They continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking Mets. We're talking Yankees. We'll talk Knicks in a moment. Gordon, before I get back to the calls, give me your thoughts on the field of dream unis. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, I don't know. They don't really do it for me. I got to be honest. I don't know. Who, who is that game for? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Who is that game? Like, 
like, is that supposed to be to get in touch with, like, the kids? I mean, it's a movie that came out 30 years ago, and they're playing it in Iowa. I don't, yeah. I don't understand, like, if they had done it when the movie came out, mm-hmm. or, you know, within, like, I don't know, a decade, <laughs> it would have made a little bit more sense to me. Like, to, like at this point in time, during a pandemic, to be doing and flying to Iowa to have a game, you know, have a game there uh, and, and doing all the hoopla, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I, it, it doesn't connect to me. Uh, as long as if they're if they are if they turn out to be wins, you know me, Larry. They can wear whatever they want. <laughs> the Yankee ones aren't bad. They're I not guess, bad, considering not some bad. of the uniforms you see out there these days. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know who it's for. It's certainly not for me. Yeah, it, it's the numbers are really thin. It, yeah, it looks, I mean, you know, they're going to have little, guys little, obviously little calling those games from wherever they are, right? They're yeah, not, exactly. The, 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 the broadcasters are not traveling out there. I wouldn't think so. I it almost feels so. like an insult to the broadcast. Like it's bad enough you can't go to the road games. Now we're gonna have we're gonna have a new road game where you also cannot go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should be used to it. Right. Yeah. You're I ready guess. to go. You, you you know how to use the you know how to use the monitors. Just use the monitors. I, I mean, <laughs> just between you and I, maybe the audience doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going. They're not. They're not going to allow guys to travel with the team even this year. I would have thought, like, no. you know, we would have yeah. started to get some, you know, after the All-Star break. But no. I mean, you still haven't team. I mean, the Yankees are still having guys coming down with COVID. That's right. Yeah, Maybe, the, broadcast, maybe the broadcasters don't, <laughs> don't want maybe to they go. Want to stay. Yeah, you know, those guys got the stuff. I, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm I'll good from the booth. Yeah. I'm good from the booth. <laughs> I'm good from right I'm good. here. I'm good from up here. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Back to the phones we go. Mike's in the car. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Larry and Gordon, how are you guys tonight? Hey, Mike. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought you guys brought up some good points about uh, where the Yankees are at right now. And, uh, and GD, I, I totally agree with the fact that they haven't hit enough home runs. If you, if you look at, uh, you know, the back of these guys' uh, player cards, you know, Judges has something in the low 20s, but his RBIs are, what, in the in the – the upper 40s, maybe maybe like early 50s. I mean, it's not it's not a judging type season. But granted, I mean, when you had Lemayu batting leadoff this whole year, he's had a down year. You know, he's hitting into some bad breaks. But um, that's the beauty of the sport. It's a funny, funny, fickle sport where you can have a team go hot for 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 10 games, go on a 10 game winning streak, and Boston start losing a couple games here and there, and they're right back in it. I, I think that you guys are absolutely right with them shooting for the wild card because that's more of a realistic option. And going for that one-game wild card, hopefully, if it's possible, maybe playing that at Yankee Stadium if had some luck with that. But the fact that they're they're playing a little bit more passionate baseball, um, I mean, you got you got some weird contributors on this team between the Rogio doors and, you know, my God, I mean, you know, you've had some guys come up from that are quad A players and just, you know, really produce at a time when the entire team is, is what, 85, 90%, you know, vaccinated, and you guys you guys have... Yeah, that's weird. I don't know how out. that keeps... I mean, I know you can still get it, and you can still test positive, obviously, but you would think that if you're vaccinated, it doesn't seem like any other team... Not that no other team is dealing with it. As Larry mentioned, Don Mattingly tested positive. Maybe the Marlins have some other cases, but... Uh, it does kind of seem strange that the, the bulk of the cases are coming from the New York Yankees. You know, I thought, well, not really. I mean, there, there's there's other cases here and there that are popping up. but Right, I but, but, but popping little... up around, you know, like the, a team might have one or two. The Yankees have had this, yeah, like, going yeah. on for the almost the entire season. And they were one of the first teams vaccinated. I remember, you know, after yep. Tony got his heart surgery, he was saying, you know, like, we are definitely having all our guys, if they're willing to do it, they're all going to get vaccinated. Um, my question is, is that it is baseball, and and the IL is a weird kind of spit. I do kind of question if they're if they're finagling it a little bit. You know, maybe. Oh, I don't think maybe that. Montgomery. No, I don't, I don't think that. No, I don't think that they're using this as a you know 
that that would be they, they, I would think they would get in some pretty serious trouble that's not for good. baseball. No, that, no, I that don't would think be good. No, it would be, it would be now, if you told me the Astros, the Astros might think that way. <laughs> or Boston. Yeah, yeah Boston <laughs> might think that way. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for the call, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I hear I, and I hear what he's saying, but listen. The way Montgomery's pitched up, you wouldn't want to put him on the IL right now. No, of course. Garrett Cole. I mean, I don't want to. I know he he struggled at times, but I don't want to put him on the IL for that. No, no I don't think that that's. Not I don't think that that's definitely what's not. Definitely not. No. We'll hear from Aaron Boone at the bottom of the hour. But Gordon, let's talk a little bit about the Knicks. Julius Randle and the Knicks agreed to a one hundred seventeen million dollar extension, so that elevates his total value to five year uh, to five years at one hundred and forty million because that includes this coming season. So you add that. And um, you know what, Gordon? I tell you, when you look at <laughs> you look at some of the salaries around the league, and once again, I'm not begrudging anybody. Get as much no, as you can. as much as you can. Absolutely. Play as long as you want. Get as much as you can. But I could, I could look at some this – is, this is less than he could have gotten. And had he waited till next year, he could have maxed out. But I got to have this feeling, Gordon. I got to tell you. If I were him and his agents, I would have told him to do exactly what he did because the playoffs cost him money. There's no question. Yeah, no, no question. Um, and, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about how this offseason was going to be big for, for Leon Rose, much like in Seinfeld, the summer of George. This is the summer of Leon. I mean, yeah. it seems like every day there's there's moves coming down. There's, there's surprises. Uh, the fact that now you, you got um, – you know, there was a big question after the season. What do you do? What do you do with Julius Randle? Do you mm-hmm. do you do you extend him now? Do you let him play out? Do you do you, do you wait till next summer? So the fact that both sides, so often in these things, people dig in their heels and they only want what's best for them. But at the end of the day, the compromise is really what's best for both sides. And the fact that they were able to find some common ground here, he's going to be back, which I think is the best thing for him. The Knicks have been able to surround him with talent. And and again. As you said, you want these guys to get as much as they possibly can get. But at the end of the day, I'm not rooting for the Julius Randles. I'm rooting for the New York Knicks. So anything that can Mm. give the Knicks a slight advantage, that's what I want to have. So the fact that he's not trying to get more money or he comes in at a a reasonable cost and the Knicks are still able to kind of work around his cost and, and add pieces, that's what you want to see. So it does kind of feel like the Knicks are building a little something here. Things feel like they're going in the right direction and... Man, what a difference. What, what, what a difference with this regime as opposed to past regimes where it felt like everything was going wrong. The, at least so far this summer, it feels like a whole lot right with, with the Knicks is going right. And here's, here's another way for you to help bring another free agent here. Take less money. Yes. Aside from the conversation and, you know, the, you know the, the arm twisting and the suggestions that players do, take less money. <laughs> That's another way for you to help bring other players here that are better. Well, maybe as much as we learned in the playoffs about Julius Randle, maybe Julius Randle realized, you know what, I need more help here. Yeah. We're going to get this yeah. done. We're going to get deep into the playoffs. I, I can't do it with this group. So it almost kind of cutting off my nose to spite my face to, to go out there and maximize as much as I can possibly get, which, again, for him, I could understand it, right? You want to get every single dollar, but – it's probably best for him in the long run. It's certainly best for the team in the long run if they're able to add some other talent, which clearly they needed to do after that series. As bad as Julius was in the series against the Hawks, it was crystal clear. It wasn't just a Julius problem. Mm-hmm. It was a talent problem. It and was. The Knicks needed to add much more talent, and they've done that so far, and hopefully there's another piece or two here before too long. Would be nice. You can never have enough talent. <laughs> you could never have enough talent. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.